Welcome to the Attorney Marketing Institute podcast. This is the podcast where you learn simple but effective ways to grow your law practice in just one hour a week. That's right, this is not your grandfather's podcast and we're not talking about your grandfather's marketing. We're talking about 21st century law firm marketing. Let's do it. Hey everybody, this is Nick Pavlidis and thank you so much for being here for another episode of the Attorney Marketing Institute podcast. I am so excited about today's episode because this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart that a lot of lawyers and non-lawyers skip. They skip not because they don't know it or because they're not good at something or whatever. It just doesn't come up. So it's not something they should necessarily know, but don't. But it's something a lot of people don't do, especially in the law. And it's especially important in the law because for a lot of corporate practices, especially, or things that take types of practices like estate planning or something like that, that Sometimes you can close a client pretty quickly, but most of the time you can't. This is important because it it closes and it shortens the time frame through which or in which you will receive a return on your investment. So we're going to talk about two categories of these things on how to get a return on your marketing investment, that's time and money from day one, how to make sure that you're benefiting from day one. That doesn't necessarily mean you're getting clients on day one, especially if you're a big corporate lawyer and you're looking to meet people at Fortune 50 companies. It's hard to close a client in one day from them not knowing you. But how do you get a return? How do you start getting a positive return on investment right away? And you got to be real strategic about this. And this is something, this is a mindset topic that we work into all of our ghostwriting projects with our authors it has for the uh, authority ghostwriting. This is something we work through all of the courses over at the Attorney Marketing Institute Academy. So if you are a member of the Academy, then you will notice this coming up. You'll notice me speaking about this in all of our courses, whereas how do you start doing these things strategically, whether it's social media or conferences, blogging, anything like that? How do you start getting a return on your investment from day one? Now, remember, when we're building a law practice, we're trying to build relationships with three types of people. If you're new to the Attorney Marketing Institute or the Attorney Marketing Institute podcast, go back and listen to the three people you need to meet to grow your law practice. That's the real foundational principle upon which we build all of our marketing. Because at the end of the day, tactics come and go, relationships, relationships last forever. You're good. You serve people well. You're a good friend to people. They will stick around. We want to build relationships that are deeper than Google's algorithm, that are deeper than Facebook or LinkedIn's algorithm or Instagram, depending on whatever type of practice that you're building. Relationships with influencers, gatekeepers, and then prospects are what can keep you busy and keep you building your book of business no matter what these places do. So we're going to talk about external activities. So how to get a return on your marketing investment externally. That means outside of your law firm when I say it. And then how do you do things so that way you're getting an internal return on investment? I've talked about this a little bit, but what do you do? How do you do things that build your resume so that way your colleagues will look at you and say, wow, this is a person who is looking to or committed to doing the things that will build them into our law firm deeper, build their skills, their legal skills, build their book of business. They're going to be active. They're going to be out there. They're going to be making a name for themselves and for our firm because they're doing it. So how do we do these three things? So I'm going to talk about 
two different categories of things and then share some examples. So that way, no matter what you're doing, you can start doing it in such a way that you're getting a return now while building towards an even bigger return later. So you don't have to wait for four months or six months or a year to get the client to come in to say, okay, I have uh, received my return on investment. You don't have to invest, make it a long-term investment, but you can make it a long-term plan while enjoying short-term and long-term benefits. So First, I want to talk about the way to look at or one way to look at a return on investment. Now, we'll talk about this in other episodes and we'll talk about this in some of the courses in the academy, but return on investment isn't just a, it can't be just measured in clients and in collections. That, of course, is the ultimate goal, but to know you're go heading in the right direction, if you only measure your success or measure your progress based on clients that come in, you may head down the complete wrong direction. You may head down the wrong road and not stop and check and look and compare what you're experiencing in return to let you know whether you need to adjust or you need to go down a different road or whether you're heading in the right direction to begin with. For example, if you find yourself building some prospects and building some contact and building some opportunities and you're targeted towards building a real estate firm, but none of the, or real estate practice, but none of the prospects, connections, opportunities have anything to do with real estate, you probably are doing something, not necessarily wrong because you're getting a return, but it's not leading you towards where you want to go. It's leading you forward, but not a direction you want to go. So then you adjust. You could you can have that deep dive. You can have that reflection and adjustments and change in direction to make sure that you're leading in the right way. So one way to measure return is information. Those little things, those prospects that you're building, those contacts that you're building, your network that you're growing, your speaking opportunities, your invitations to be on podcasts, to guest blog, and all that stuff, are they relevant in some way, even just closer to where you want to go from where you are? They might be your first podcast episode or your first podcast interview, or your first guest blog might not be an ideal blog or podcast. It might not be direct line between you and where you want to go. It might be slightly to the left, but perhaps that can lead you closer. And I don't want to do perhaps marketing, but it, I'm saying perhaps like, like, take a look. Is this a way, is this a launching pad to get you closer, even closer to where you want to go? Ask yourself that question. If not, maybe it's not a real opportunity. Maybe you have to adjust the types of events you go to, the type of conferences you go to, things like that. So number one is information is a great return on investment. Number two, the lists of people whom you are adding to your, your contact list are they prospects, influencers, and gatekeepers in the industry or in the area where you want to go? So are you building a list of prospects whom you would want to serve two years from now? Are you building contacts whom you'd want to serve? Are you building 
connections with bloggers, podcasters, writers, reporters, all that stuff, all those types of people, people who influence the right influences, people who influence your future clients, your future ideal clients, the prospects you need to meet to build your practice of the future. If you're not, maybe you need to redirect some of your social posts or redirect the focus of some of your social posts, some of your content, some of your networking, some of your requests, the way you present yourself to people when they say, who are you looking to meet? Instead of saying, I'm looking to meet writers, you might adjust what you say to say, I'm looking to meet writers who are connected with the real estate industry or who are, I'm looking to meet business writers or writers who are connected to the business world. Even something as vague as that, that little connected to the business world will help you slowly redirect towards the business world and business writing and business influencers if that's the type of practice you want to meet. And then the same thing with gatekeepers. So influencers, information comes in there, the people you're looking to meet, you start building your right contact list, that is a return on investment because your your current contacts can be your future prospects or the influencers who feature you on their blogs or on their podcasts or gatekeepers who do joint webinars or swap blogs for guest posts or who refer people to you. So those are the types of ways to get a return on investment from day one. So I'm going to talk about some ways to do that. Number one is to pick external activities, external marketing activities. So marketing activities focused outside of your firm, do things focused away from your practice, social media, blogging, things like that, that allow you to add touch points and to add value to key prospects, influencers, and gatekeepers. There are a lot of terms there. So touch points. We've all heard some sort of a phrase that it takes seven to 17 touches to build a relationship with someone that is deep enough to turn into a client or turn into a referral source or something like that. Now, the more we have social media, the more touches we generally have with people, but touch points are great. Good touch points, whether it's seven or 17 or 77, it doesn't really matter. The things that we do will give us those touch points and touch points help us add value to people. So if we're, if we're getting in front of people on their social feed or in real life in a way that adds value to them, then that is a positive touch point. So by picking activities that allow us to add positive touch points to people, we're staying top of mind and we're building deeper relationships and we're showing them that we're someone that they might want to be more closer with, whether it's a prospect or influencer or gatekeeper. And then how do we pick activities that add value to prospects, influencers, gatekeepers? So remember in that episode about prospects, influencers, gatekeepers, we talk about the types of value they want. Prospects, generally speaking, want information and they want help, right? So the information prospects want on social media, if you're in the corporate world, they want industry news. They want, so that's things like if it's a real estate world, world. You might just say the 10 biggest real estate deals that closed or 10 newest properties on the market or something related to give them information that'll help them in their world. So that's things in their industry, industry news, business advice. And that's productivity stuff. That's marketing stuff. That's all these business tips, things that'll make them more effective in their day-to-day practice at world, better leaders, things like that. And then finally, legal updates. Now that doesn't necessarily mean legal advice, but it could just be lawsuits that are filed. It could be patents that are filed. It could be trademarks that are issued in their area. It could be projects that, um, that are hitting the courts or something like that. 
disputes that are arising or settlements that are publicized or mergers or acquisitions or whatever. So some of that stuff is a little overlap with industry news, but just talk about legal updates. So those are the types of information that corporate prospects want based on studies that come out every year or so. So what do they want? So they want that. Influencers, they want clicks, they want downloads, they want information easier, they want reliable information, they want their bosses to know that people are reading their stuff, they want retweets, likes, loves, all that stuff. And then gatekeepers, they want similar things, but at the end of the day, they want more opportunities to expand their own book of business. Now, gatekeepers are like key referral partners, like CPAs if you're a corporate practice, things like that. So what can you do to add that? So you pick external activities to add touch points and to add value to prospects and influences gatekeepers, and you will start to get a return on your marketing investment from day one because you're going to start building those networking opportunities while you're doing all of this stuff to add value on social and things like that. So number one, share blogs, articles, or social media updates of these key people. So retweet, and don't just retweet, quote tweet it, and say, this is a great post by at Nick Pavlidis. Check it out. Would People will notice that. I have over 10,000 followers on Twitter and I notice when people retweet me, especially when they do it over and over again, I can tell you that there are people who follow me who retweet not everything I do, but at least a few times a week and I recognize them. And if they were to reach out to me, I would pick up the phone because I know who they are. So other people are like that too. If you're looking at even reporters from CNBC, things like that, oftentimes they have a few thousand followers or 10,000 followers and they will notice too. So share those social updates. Share if some one of your key prospects, influencers, gatekeepers has a blog, comment on their blog, share that stuff. They will notice. You can just start building relationships and don't ask them for anything. Just be helpful. If it's relevant to the people who follow you, it's relevant to the practice you want to make and you want to build, Kill two birds with one stone. Don't just share any random articles. Share articles from people you want to build relationships with. So that's number one. Number two, interview people. If you have a blog or even if you don't have a blog, if you have a LinkedIn account, you can write an article on LinkedIn. That's a type of of post you can do. You can add an image. You can add links. You can do all that stuff. Just use that as a tool to interview people. Hey, I'm writing an article on LinkedIn Pulse. I'd love to interview you about three things you're seeing in the entertainment industry that lawyers should know about or that people should know about or whatever it is and interview them. Just email them three questions, email them that question and say, we could do this over email or we could talk by phone, whatever you prefer. Can I interview you for an article I'm writing? And it is a great way to add useful value to people who are reading your articles and to build relationships by adding value and featuring these people. Because if they, if you write an article that you feature on LinkedIn, that's something they can go inside their, uh, their four walls of their organization and say, hey, I'm being interviewed for this LinkedIn article. Or if you can get uh, permission or uh, if you could get qualified as a guest post or a contributor on websites, which is much easier to do than you may think. There is somewhere you can just literally sign up and you're a contributor to a website. But if you Google write for us and then whatever construction, write for us, entertainment law, write for us, whatever it is, usually you'll find a few places where they accept guest posts. And if you say, hey, I'd, I'm, I'd like to do some interviews of key industry people from a legal perspective, and you don't even have to do it from a legal perspective, but I'd like to do some interviews of key people in the entertainment industry about what they're seeing, about trends and this and that. 
you will be very likely to be accepted. Just read the rules and you can follow there. Number three, start a podcast. If you do a solo podcast, it builds authority. And you can start building authority right away from day one by your podcast. We just did an episode on a solo podcast. Check that out if you want to learn how. And you can go to download that form. I think the link was attorneymarketinginstitute.com slash podcast equipment or something like that. But listen to the last episode and you'll see that. You'll get a link. You can download that for free. If you join the Academy, you're going to start seeing courses about all this stuff. And remember, we still have some codes for uh, over 50% off, $250 a month off if you enter the code podcast. So podcast listeners only get the access to that code. Go to attorneymarketinginstitute.com slash Academy. If you join, if you get the, um, the all access pass, enter podcast. I think there's a hundred total. I don't know how many are left, but there are definitely some left, plenty left. Um, if you go and enter that, if you really want to end 2018 strong and start building momentum in 2019 and start getting a return right away, like we're talking about, start doing that. You can get some cool access to some courses there. So solo builds authority interview, same thing. If you reach out to someone and say, I want to interview for my blog, you could do the same thing. You could start an interview-based podcast. You can record over free software called Zoom, zoom.us. You can record the interviews, video and audio if you want, and then just take the audio because they have separate files and use that just like you would a solo podcast. That can help you open doors. I guarantee you people will be more likely to take your request for a podcast interview than a random phone call or a cold email. If you send an email saying, I have a podcast, it's about this industry, I would love to feature you and talk about XYZ. Way more likely to, to get a prospect influencer or gatekeeper to give you attention if you have a podcast. Number four. Do list posts or news summaries and include key in posts or social updates by key influencers or gatekeepers. Same, similar thing as interviewing people for, uh, for an article or for a podcast, but just go get the stuff they already did and include it on a list of 10 posts about the entertainment industry or 10 social updates that can help you grow your construction firm or whatever it is. And just include, embed, or take a screenshot and include their posts, and then share it with your audience, and then reach out to people with the subject line, thank you, and say, hey, Nick, I just took a screenshot of your post, or I quote tweeted your post, or I uh, embedded your post into my week, into my article or my newsletter about four updates from social media to help law firms grow. And I thought this was really helpful. So thank you for that. Uh, If you'd like to share this post with your audience, here's a link to do so. And that you do list posts and summaries and share them with influencers. You're going to help your audience because you're going to share good information. You're going to help grow your audience because your audience may share it. But when you reach out to these influencers or gatekeepers or prospects and say, hey, I included your information, here's a link to share it with people, you will get many of them to share it on their social website, share it internally to their companies, perhaps, or post it on LinkedIn or whatever. They will, they, they are more likely to share it than if you just wrote some random four tips to grow your entertainment firm or something like that. And then You'll also add value to those key influencers and gatekeepers because the influencers can say, hey, boss, my article was featured in this list by this law firm or by this lawyer or whatever. Or the gatekeepers can say, wow, I am I have a link to my website or a link to my social. And so that helps with SEO. 
And I have a new contact who's obviously noticing what I'm doing. Let me get to know her better to see how we might be able to collaborate. So they make a key contact with you. So in essence, what you're doing is you're using your marketing activities to as networking tools to fill your pipeline, build your authority, add touch points with prospects, influencers, and gatekeepers while all pushing you forward. You're not changing anything. You're not changing the direction. You're not changing what you're building toward. You're just changing how you're building toward it by instead of saying, I'm going to write an article about this, you're saying, I'm going to write a list or I'm going to write an article about this and include quotes from influencers and gatekeepers so we can work together and I can add value to them and I can get to know them. So those are just a few ways, just a handful of ways to start getting a return on your marketing investment from day one, and that's with external activities. So now I'm going to shift the focus and talk about how you can start getting a return within your firm. Now, these aren't necessarily internal activities, but these are things that you can do to start building a reputation in your office that you are the woman or the man who is committed to doing the right things to build your skills and book a business to stay with the firm and help it grow over the long term. So they can say, wow, this guy is really, really motivated, or this woman is really, really uh, doing all the things we could ever want an associate to do. This is especially, especially effective and important for younger lawyers or lawyer, people who are younger in the law, um, newer to the law and newer to marketing, even senior associates and, and junior partners to show people, to build your resume and to let the firm know that, hey, I am not only focused on this stuff, but I'm doing things in a creative way that helps in the long term and the short term. So number one, we're talking about building your internal resume, someone who is serious about growing with the law firm. So some of the things that I did is I hired a coach. Now I coach people. I don't have openings right now um, because I have a program that's ending shortly, but I will have some in 2019. So if that's something that you're interested in having some one-on-one stuff, that's a very premium service, but it's something you could reach out to me, Nick at attorneymarketinginstitute.com. But you could also find plenty of other good coaches to help you. And just the fact that I had a coach, now I had a coach, and I'm not going to say who my coach was. It was a very simple. It wasn't sort of the things that we're talking about like this, but it was just a very simple thing, like more of an accountability thing where it was once a month for 15 minutes, I had a phone call and they said, have you followed up with these people? No. Okay. Follow up with these people. That was essentially what I did. But the fact that I paid a few hundred bucks a month or whatever it was for that 15 minute phone call out of my pocket and did not request reimbursement for my firm. Now, my firm did have a budget, so I could have gotten reimbursed for it or at least part of it. Um, and they're happy to do that because they know when you're spending your marketing budget on legitimate things that it's directed towards growing within the firm. But I didn't. I just paid for it out of my own pocket and uh, used it as an investment and I believe, I don't remember, this was years ago now, but I believe it was a deduction um, off my personal tax returns. But either way, the cred that I got, the credibility within my firm that I hired a coach to help me, a personal coach, showed people it was serious. It, it was, people said, came up to me, associates were like, why are you making us look bad? They were joking with me, but they're like, I can't tell you how many people said to me that Pavlidis or hires has his personal coach. Partners talked with each other. They said to me, wow, what possessed you to do that? Like, 
it got me a lot of street cred in the firm. So the other, another thing I did was I joined a paid networking group. This is something I believe I got reimbursed. Maybe not all of it, maybe the whole time, but whatever, not the whole time. I don't, I don't really remember, but I joined a paid networking group. It was a hundred and something dollars a month. And it was a monthly meeting where I'd sit around. It was a B2B networking group. I would sit around the table and talk with key gatekeepers, essentially in the business world and just made good connections, brought clients in the firm. But the fact that I was in a networking group and I would say, I'm sorry, I can't do a Wednesday morning or whatever it was. I can't do Wednesday morning because I have a networking group, business development activities going on. It was really respected and it was, uh, it definitely got me some street cred. And then number three, I took key educational activities. I engaged in key educational activities that showed my firm that I was interested in getting better in my law practice and marketing. So for example, the Attorney Marketing Institute is is exactly what I wish I had access to when I was practicing law, but I didn't. So I pieced it together through CLEs and through books and through like, I'd, I'd literally just carry a leadership book around so people knew that I was looking to become a better leader. And I was, I was reading the book, but I didn't have to leave the dust jacket on and walk in. I was like a walking billboard that I was doing all these activities. I brought in all sorts of business development books and things like that. So I read, I did CLE, key CLEs. I took CLEs on marketing, on writing. I took courses, uh, online courses on marketing that didn't have anything to do with the law, but I took in-person CLEs. When my firm brought in CLEs, even when they were in the DC office, I was in New York, they were in the DC office often, sometimes LA, but uh, uh, all of the CLE stuff was based in in um, in DC. The in-person stuff, if they wouldn't do it by video in New York, I would ask if I could take the train down there for key writing ones and marketing and things like that. And they did. They paid for me to go down there to do it. And I spent a day in the DC office and half the day was in a CLE or whatever. That got me a lot of street cred with my internal marketing. So while I learned how to become a better writer, a better marketer, while I learned how to become a better lawyer, while I learned how to be accountable or or was kept accountable by my coach, while I joined and built relationships with people in a networking group, I casually, not like I joke that I walked around with, with leadership books and that's somewhat true. I mean, I didn't literally just hold them up in the air and walk around, but while I was doing those things, I was having conversations and asking advice and doing it and mentioning those things and making sure people knew and got not new to give me the gold star, but new to give me advice on how to get the best return, long-term return on investment of these things. And that built me street cred and resume and my reputation internally in the firm. So these are ways that you can do the right things to point yourself in the right direction while still not having to wait a year or more to get any return. Start building those relationships, internal relationships, external relationships, start doing things and getting a return now. And if you want help doing that, you can head on over to attorneymarketinginstitute.com slash academy. That's the education stuff. You can learn more about this stuff. You can get a lot of this stuff on the podcast. The courses have downloads or they have uh, more organized step-by-step instructions as opposed to the podcast, just because the format's a little different. Um, so I, I give information away for free all over social, all over the podcast, all over the, the website with the blogs that's, that we have been writing and we're going to be putting up live. But 
organization and customization are the things that are that do require that investment. So if you want a customized program, if you want me to come speak at your your law firm, I do that. I've done that several times for companies and lawyer and law firms about social media, about time management and social media, about all these activities, the three types of people, how you can build relationships, real relationships in a virtual world. So if you're planning next year, feel free to reach out. A lot of the information get on podcasts, but organization through the academy and customization through in-person stuff or personal one-on-one coaching or even small group masterminds that will be launching. That is where the investment and the the touch points will certainly get deeper. So anyhow, make sure if you do head on over to the academy and sign up for the all access pass, you type in that code podcast. And as long as you maintain your membership, that will be uh, your your rate will freeze at the two forty seven a month level net of the two hundred and fifty dollar a month coupon. So it's more than half off technically by about a buck fifty or two bucks or something like that. So that's it. Make sure you're not just planning for the future, but you're also getting some value in the present while adding value to prospects, influencers, and gatekeepers. That's your key to long term and short term success. We'll see you next time. 